wasabi wallet, unfairly private. What's up, everyone? I'm Ben with BTC Sessions, and this is your daily session. Hodl that Bitcoin. Before we dive in, of course, shout out to sponsors of the show, Ledin.io. This is where you can use your Bitcoin for a variety of different services. They've got Bitcoin savings accounts where you can earn interest on your Bitcoin. They've got Bitcoin back loans. And this was actually the first service I ever used. It's where you use your Bitcoin as collateral and obtain a Canadian or US dollar loan. So I did this at a time when I needed to get my hands on dollars and I didn't want to sell my Bitcoin because I thought it was a bad time. I was able to drop it in a dedicated address that I could audit 24-7 and when I paid back my loan I got back the exact same UTXO so super convenient there and secondly or finally they've got their B2X offering this uses the same loan mechanism to purchase more Bitcoin and double your Bitcoin on the spot if you want to check out any of those there's a link in the show notes and if you opt to get a loan with that link they'll give you 50 bucks worth of Bitcoin for free and secondly we have Coinberry, and this has been my go-to for buying Bitcoin stacking sats as of late. Super convenient. I really love their web interface and the app. The app is super, super easy to use. And one of the main things that I really like about these guys, the speed at which I can fund my account, the e-transfers are super convenient for those of you in Canada. Um, and yeah, all around good experience. I also really like their dollar cost averaging. They've got autopilot, so you can fund your account and set specific intervals and amounts that you will buy so you can take the emotion out of stacking your sats so be sure to check them out there's a link in the show notes and with that link after your first hundred dollar purchase you'll actually get 20 bucks for free so with that let's dive into the news so the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, has confirmed that this is, yes, indeed, a global recession. So I'm just going to read a little bit here from Coindesk. Uh, they say the coronavirus economic crisis officially has a name and it's called the Great Lockdown. Uh, so they did say the Great Lockdown is the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression and far worse than the global financial crisis of 2008. The International Monetary Fund Chief, Chief Economist Gita Gopinath, I'm not sure, I'm totally butchering that name, I apologize, and she said this on Tuesday. She projected the global economy will contract by 3% in 2020 due to $9 trillion in losses. The United States is expected to decline to roughly negative 6% growth, as are other nations in the advanced economy group, uh, and uh, this year's losses will apparently dwarf the global financial crisis from 12 years ago. Um, now, despite this, <laughs> you wouldn't know it looking at the stock market as is. The Dow is up 544 points today, so two, a bit over two and a third percent. And I mean, that's off lows in the around the 18,000 range. We're closing in around 24. 4,000 for the Dow. Everything else is, is, has rebounded quite a bit. 
Um, now this, why is this? Well, money printer go burr. Uh, Deutsche Bank calls calls out the U.S. for this. Uh, so this excerpt from a Coin Telegraph article: um, suspicions about the health of traditional markets, meanwhile, gathered steam despite modest recovery since last month's mayhem. Among the detractors this week was Deutsche Bank, which accused the United States Federal Reserve of sparking the end of the free market. In a note, uh, in a note quoted by Forbes titled "The End of the Free Market Impact on Currencies and Beyond," the bank's global head of foreign exchange research, George Cerevelos, firmly laid the blame at the government's door. At the extreme, central banks could become permanent command economy agents, administering equity and credit prices, aggressively subduing financial shocks. Uh, it would be a bipolar world of financial repression with high real economy volatility, but very low financial volatility, a zombie market. And that's kind of what we're seeing right now in that right now, the markets on their own have taken a dive. And the only reason, the only thing keeping them afloat is this artificial liquidity pumped into the market by the Federal Reserve through these quantitative easing programs. If that was not there, um, you, you would have companies that were run poorly that would be wiped out. But in their absence, companies that can run better businesses and don't use bailouts to just buy back their own stocks and pump up their own numbers uh, would take their place. And yes, it would hurt, but at the same time, the reason that we got in this position in the first place is we didn't fix the the systemic problems that we had in 2008, 2009. We just papered them over, literally papered them over by printing more money and tossing them at inefficient companies and corporations. So take it for what it is. Let's move on. Uh, search volume for Bitcoin halving has uh, outflanked the previous all-time high. So just reading a little bit here from Cointelegraph, interest in the forthcoming halving event on the Bitcoin blockchain has surged to levels higher than ever seen before. So data on Google Trends as of April 14th indicates that the year's peak interest in the event is 16% higher than back in 2016, the last time the halving occurred on the network. And I should note that's with still, let me check, around 28 days to go before the halving. So we're not even at the halving. We've got a month out. Uh, breaking down this data geographically, the time focusing on the past 30 days, the top five countries showing the most interest, interestingly enough, are Luxembourg, Latvia, Estonia, Switzerland, and Lithuania. Now, if you do a related search term, which would be Bitcoin having 2020, you get a different geographical distribution. Uh, these quite different here, Nigeria, Venezuela, Austria, Portugal, and Czechia. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Overall, I just like the idea that that search interest in this is up and we're not even close to the actual having yet. We've still got a month. So um, more people becoming privy to how Bitcoin works. But my guess is most people still have no clue. Just we're, we're just starting to get people cluing in and you're seeing a little bit more mainstream coverage of it and that will continue to increase every single halving. So I think over time, 
the having will have less of an effect on price. Also, um, when you go from currently, we're going from around 4% annual inflation on Bitcoin down to sub 2%, which interestingly enough is one, below target rate for inflation from the Fed and most central banks, and two, below inflation or the uh, mining capacity of gold. So the year-to-year influx of new newly mined gold is uh, is above what uh, will be above what the stock to flow of Bitcoin will be. Now, uh, moving on to what I think is probably one of the worst takes that I've seen in a while. Um, the founder of Swiss broker Bitcoin Suisse predicts that Bitcoin will move to proof of stake once the Ethereum network has proved the algorithm's success. Uh, so I'll just read a little bit more from Cointelegraph here. Bitcoin's current proof of work consensus algorithm, the pioneering concept, which in fact pre-existed Bitcoin, but has since become indissociable from the cryptocurrency will probably in quotations will probably change in the future said the uh, broker uh, in outtakes from an interview conducted for a German TV documentary recorded back in October 2009 but uploaded April 6th he said Bitcoin's move to proof of stake is not planned but the second largest cryptocurrency Ether will move to proof of stake concept that demands vastly less electricity already in a few months I'm sure once technology is proven that Bitcoin will adopt uh, adapt to it as well once it's proven proof of stake works well the it's a superior system to proof of work he said now the hilarious thing is number one ethereum is no closer to actually moving to proof of stake and i don't see that going particularly smoothly for them but um the fact that he thinks that bitcoin will just easily switch over to proof of stake is laughable now first of all proof of stake i think is inherently flawed because it's it's uh no matter what somebody it's going to be zero sum so the idea behind proof of stake is in order to create new coins, you have to stake your coins, lock them up in order to create new ones. And those that do are rewarded proportionally with the amount of ether that they've staked. Now, the issue with this is if you're not staking, your funds are being diluted by those who are. So if you are not locking up your money, um, then whoever is is getting a larger and larger piece of the pie meaning that the rich get richer so let's say in in a world where you had to live on ether god forbid but in a world where ether was the main currency of everyone and everybody had to live on ether those that could only afford uh to live paycheck to paycheck are screwed because they cannot save Meanwhile, those that are exceedingly rich have uh, limited expenses and can afford to stake the majority of their wealth while they get richer and richer and richer and dilute the, uh, the non-savings of anybody that has minimal savings or anybody that has a set income at the current the current, I guess, value uh, or the current buying power of Ether just gets diluted further and further and odds are their wage increases are not going to keep up with that. Now, uh, what happens if everybody just stakes? Well, then 
all of the currency is completely locked up, 100% of it, and the new currency is evenly distributed against all ether. So it's a zero-sum game and you're just creating a bigger and bigger pie with everybody owning the same amount of the pie but not being able to eat it. So the, again, the system in itself is inherently flawed and favors the idea of rich getting richer. It also lends itself to entities like exchanges having a lot more influence and again, becoming richer and richer because they can stake people's coins on their platform. And a lot of them will do this, but probably won't be giving all of the staking rewards to people on their platform. They'll be taking a cut again, uh, unfairly uh, taking people's rewards or taking a cut, being that middleman to take a cut of their rewards. Now, the other thing about this bad take is the value proposition in and of Bitcoin is the certainty with which the base protocol uh, will work and will not change. You want to be 100% certain that the issuance of new Bitcoin will remain 21 million. That is the value proposition of Bitcoin being sound money. And when it comes to uh, making even trivial changes that are backwards compatible, like adding something like SegWit, which essentially fixed a malleability issue with Bitcoin and added for uh, more throughput on the main blockchain, more transactions per second, even getting that through was an absolute struggle. And if you think that a non-compatible uh, non-backwards compatible uh, hard fork can be easily achieved um, while also making all current miners of the system absolutely uh, irrelevant and forking them off the network. You've got another thing coming. I, I just find it so funny. And not to mention the problems with assuming that proof of work is wasteful when in fact the amount of waste in the current banking system is absolutely insane. Uh, but beyond that, Bitcoin actually drives uh, more more efficient uses of energy and uses energy that would have been lost anyways um, from surpluses from uh, you know a lot of the time green energy sources even with uh, things like hydroelectricity in rural China um, in northern Alberta with uh, natural gas that would have been flared anyways there's just so much wrong with this article so congratulations to the founder of Swiss crypto broker Bitcoin Suisse uh, for not having a fucking clue. And speaking of not having a fucking clue, Craig Wright has dropped his lawsuit against Adam Back. Uh, so Adam Back is the CEO of Blockchain or uh, Blockstream. So what happened is Craig Wright uh, was suing Adam Back for libel for calling him a fraud, which a lot of people did. Uh, now he's withdrawn the suit and paid all of Adam Back's legal costs incurred. Uh, Back tweeted yesterday that the case, and this was uh, from a couple days ago, so it would have been on the 12th, uh, that he tweeted, uh, the case was dropped in January 2020 when Wright told the court he was discontinuing continuing the case, he said that Wright agreed to pay 100% of his legal fees, which he claimed was unusual, and that typically around 75% of fees are usually met. Back received 
6,666 British pounds, which is around $8,400 US in fees. Now, there was no reason given for the drop in suit, but I suspect it's because uh, other libel suits are not going particularly well. Um, now, Peter McCormick is still on the chopping block, uh, but it will be interesting to see where this goes, given that this one against Adam Back has been dropped. It would be absolutely hilarious to see Craig Wright retreat uh, with his tail between his legs. Now, those of you that don't remember who Reg Craig Wright is, if you've been under a rock, he's the guy who claimed to be Satoshi, claimed to show a digital signature proving it, which was immediately debunked and has just come out with constant incorrect um, and often doctored and fraudulently produced documents that are purportedly showing that he is the creator of Bitcoin, of course, which he is not. And finally, I wanted to let you guys know that I did drop a new tutorial yesterday on the channel. This is for Samurai Bitcoin Wallet. Uh, so I go through setting up just the basic wallet functions. I also take a look at how to sync it with your dojo via MyNode, which I've done a tutorial on as well, which is in the show notes for Samurai Wallet tutorial. And we also take a look at Whirlpool mobile mixing, being able to cut the links or sever the links between you your coins to add to your Bitcoin privacy. So be sure to check that out and give it a share. <laughs> These tutorial videos are a huge pain in the ass to make, but I'm always very happy once I do get one out there because they are the longevity of these videos and the utility for newcomers. Um, again, just very happy to have this out. So be sure to check out that Samurai Bitcoin Wallet tutorial. With that, I'm going to wrap it up, you guys. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. As always, if you're on YouTube, hit like, subscribe, and share. If you're listening to this audio only via the podcast, of course, share it on your social media. And please do leave a review on whatever uh, platform you're listening on. It really, really helps with visibility. And uh, from what I hear, it just dropped on, on Apple Podcasts. So. So, so that's great to know. Great to know. Uh, if you want to help with the show in another way, you can hit the sponsors that I mentioned before. Uh, those were Ledin and Coinberry. Remember, there's some uh, some deals in there for you. And if you really loved what you saw, you can always hit up my tippin.me page. That's tippin.me slash at BTC sessions to drop a lightning network tip. And with that, I'm out. Have a wonderful evening, you guys. And I'll see you next time for your daily session.